You're listening to the Christian Humanist Radio Network, christianhumanist.org. Satan, your kingdom must come down. Satan, your kingdom must come down. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Hello, everybody. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Hello, hello. This is Danny Anderson with a very special episode for you of the Sectarian Review podcast. Thank you for joining us for this very special Thanksgiving slash Black Friday episode. Um, you know, if you listen to the show long enough, you know that we are not afraid of trying weird things just to see if they work. This is going to be probably the most experimental of all of our podcasts that we've had so far. This is, uh, like I said, for a Thanksgiving Black Friday sort of theme. And my brilliant wife, Kim Anderson, say hello, Kim. Hello, Kim. <laughs> Who's been on the show a number of times before. If you've listened long enough, you've heard her talking about minimalism, Infinity War. Uh, we did the uh, the uh, environmental show for Earth Day. Uh, Kim was watching uh, a show that my children like to watch called The Amazing World of Gumball with my children. And she got the idea that there's a particular episode of this that would be a great uh, thing to watch and talk about for a Thanksgiving Day special for Black Friday. And even better, we have the idea to bring on our kids. And so we, if four of us crammed in the Inferno Studios here at Mount Aloysius College this week, uh, me, Danny Anderson, Assistant Professor of English, my wife, Kim Anderson, and with us are our two children. Our youngest daughter is Nora. She's nine. Nora, do you want to say hello to the microphone? Okay. Um, Nora, this is the show she really likes right now. And so it's kind of her, uh, her fault, if you will, that we're, while we're talking about this. Um, but joining all three of us are, is our oldest daughter, Ella, who's 14. Ella, how are you? I'm good. Good. And you've watched Gumball before too. Yeah, yeah, I got Nora into it. Yes, yeah. it's a it's a family tradition, and uh, and yeah, it's one of these things that's on Cartoon Network and streaming on Hulu. And incidentally, the episode we're going to be talking about is called "The Money," and it's uh, in season three, episode thirty nine of the Amazing World of Gumball. It's a little eleven minute uh, extravaganza about consumerism and such. And uh, just to give you a little taste, I want to play the opening for throwing it over to Kim to talk a little bit about why she wanted to talk about this today. Look at me. What do you see? I'm still a child. Nothing in my life has been decided yet. I am free. I haven't sold out to a job I hate. I don't have to be part of this dirty rat race that ruins the world, chasing money I don't need to buy stuff I don't want. I'm free to make my own choices. So yes, Larry, I will have fries with that. Sorry, it's just another phase. Last week he only wanted to eat things he hunted himself. He broke down when he had to chop the baby carrots. Are you implying that I don't live up to my own beliefs? Do you know what implying means? No. Then yes. (laughs) Okay, so that's a little taste of what the amazing world of Gumball is like. Um, And so, Kim, this was your idea, and I think it's a really, really good one. What uh, made you think of our show for this uh, episode? Um, So, I actually think I sent Dan a text. Um, Dan Dan was a little sick, and I think I sent him a text saying the amazing world of gumball. Um, might be the best thing out there right now that talks about our world or something along those lines. Um, I think that 
this episode in in total um the the first line actually kind of grabbed my attention but the first the whole episode um particularly the end which we'll get to eventually uh kind of grabbed my attention and and says a lot about um like who we are as a people and and things like that and so i don't want to give too much away but i just really um it just really struck me and it, especially it's a kid's show i think it's wasted on children um <laughs> no offense to my children but i think i'm just really glad that my children watch something that that is so um uh speak so much about the world um, not all of the episodes are this deep, but this one certainly is. And it's very insightful in general, and also very full of like a lot of '80s nostalgia is in this. I think they know who's the, who the parents are of the children who are going to be watching the show, and they throw a lot of Easter eggs for us in there. And so, uh, yeah, this is one when they're watching in the background. I don't mind too much. Um, yeah, but and when it starts off with Gumball saying, you know, his his quote is really funny. Like, look at me. What do you see? I'm still a child. Nothing in my life has been decided yet. I'm free. I'm free to make my own choices. Um, something about it. I don't have a job yet or something. And then, you know, so it's kind of a really insightful quote. And then he's like, so yes, Larry, who's the the order taker, I would like fries with that. And I just think it's kind of a um, hilarious, um, you know, he's obviously taken up a cause and he's lecturing this guy and then he's, you know, deciding whether or not to take fries with it is kind of the decision there. It's, it's I think it's hilarious. Yeah. A little bit, a little cynical maybe, but, uh, but that's okay. We're, we're, Pretty cynical on this show. I think the whole episode is cynical. (laughs) (laughs) And someone said about our show once that it's deeply cynical at times. Um, And so uh, our show, the sectarian review, that is. And so, uh, and I don't mind that uh, accusation. Girls, I want to ask you guys, I guess we'll start with Ellis. And she started watching it first to tell us a little bit about the, the show Amazing World of Gumball. Not necessarily this one episode yet, but what is this show kind of about, Ella? Um, it has kind of like a chaotic humor. It's not really like it's directed towards children, but it has a lot of adult undertones. And it's just really, they always add the right amount of comedy, but they always add these really weird, like deep, like meanings between every one of their episodes. And they always add these um, little insights to like old fashioned things from like older generations. The like 80s. my parents. Yeah, basically. Oh, that's usually very old, the eighties. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it kinda reminds my dad of this one show. Like about a dog or something. I don't know what this show is called. Oh, Red and Stimpy? Yeah. Oh, it's a, yeah, but it's I like an this inheritor of that, yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so um when you say chaotic humor, what do you mean by that? It's because they have to fit everything into like a twelve minute time span. They always have to kind of smush things together. So in the um what are they called? Um storyboards, they have to like they have to move from jokes quick to quick like quickly like Hmm. really quickly like joke to joke and they have to have it like go smoothly or else it'll go too quick like too fast paced yeah they do that really nicely i think it is a very fast paced show in that way for sure um and the animation style is really weird ella and then i'll get to Nora a little bit here talk about the talk about the animation style um okay so all it's like set in this town and everyone's usually like this weird like it sound look kind of seems like everyone's a doodle like someone just like dreamed up something like the water sins are made up of cats and bunnies um and a fish a pet fish um <laughs> and then some people are like ice cream cones some people are peanuts that are hiding their true selves it's just really weird they yeah, yeah. and it's yeah it's basically just like a dream it's weird yeah, it's very dreamlike and and very kind of nonsensical on on some level, and yet watching it, 
you identify these clearly as human beings, right? And so, um, Nora, who are the, the main characters of the show? Um, so, there's Gumball, Darwin, the little sister, Anais, and the mom and the dad. Yeah, and the, so, so it's kind of a, your normal family sitcom setup, except Darwin is like the family fish. He's like a pet. He, he was a fish when he was born, but then he magically became a person. No, oh, yes, a person within this world in which mailboxes can be per- people, right? But, uh, but And he's also sort of like a member of the family, and so Darwin himself is a really interesting um, character. Do you guys know about Charles Darwin? Yes. No. Yes. What, who's Charles Darwin? Um, I heard about him in language arts class. He, uh, well, I don't awesome. remember. Yeah, he's pretty good, but I don't remember exactly what I did, but he's really, um, prominent in like literature. Well, science. Not, yeah, science. Yeah. Oh yeah. He did the, uh, evolution kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's who came up with that. And so, you know, one of his things is fish at one point were in the sea and then they grew legs and started walking so there's a little bit of a joke in darwin's name he's a fish who becomes a member of the family right he's got this evolution so um and how would you describe the dad in the show nora lazy <laughs> yes this is uh, the feminists out there i think would think this show is very interesting it uh the mom is basically the the leader of the family the dad is worse than a child in a lot of ways and and very much kind of the the least interesting character on the show go ahead the mom is basically like a ninja <laughs> she is she kind of has superpowers right and so sort yeah of. yeah i think that that's totally true and why do you like the show nora Because it has lots of funny humor in it and stuff. Yes, it definitely is a laugh out loud show. Very good, very good. One thing I want to point out is a lot of the episodes just kind of end suddenly. Like yeah. it's almost like they're in the middle of a a plot, and then it's like boom, they've got this um, end music, and it just like starts. And um, you you know, it's like you don't expect it to be ending as quickly as it does, but it's just like over, and it, that's interesting to me. You know what that is? That's a lifetime. The creators grew up watching Saturday Night Live, which never knew how to end a skit. And so they just let them drag on forever. And so they decided when they have their show, we're just going to end it in the middle of the skit, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's totally true, though. Um, yeah, it's very it's very clever, um, like a lot of these Cartoon Network shows are. It's very fast-paced and witty and lots of social commentary in there. And so let me just real quickly summarize the episode. Like I said, um, it's in Season 3, Episode 39, and it's just called The Money. All the episodes are called The something the single word something right and so uh, the money uh, takes place in the beginning of the episode in a uh, fast food restaurant called joyful burger which is really a funny name and they don't have their bank account bounces because the dad has stupidly thrown all their money into the ocean nora what happened that's it? Okay. I thought you wanted to tell you. Okay. Well, uh, he, he's put it into an offshore account. Yes. But he basically threw it over a cliff. Um, so he thinks he's done something good with it, but basically he threw their money away. Yes. So. Nora. He thought it would save them from paying taxes, so he threw it in the ocean. Yeah. Not before solidifying it, of course, which caused it to sink. So. Yes. Yeah. He made, he turned it into gold, converted it to gold. He and says. literally chucked it into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Offshore account. So they have no more money, and they realize then uh, that their life has kind of changed because they have no more money. And so very quickly, all their furniture gets repossessed. The house is emptied out of all their possessions. Nora? One of the funny things I like 
when Gumball says nothing else, they can th- they can't take anything else from us. They take like the the whole entire house, and then this guy comes back and they take the grass from underneath them. <laughs> yes, literally everything is is taken away from the water sense. Yes. But before that happens, though, they the cashier at the fast food restaurant mm. offers to let them make a commercial for for Joyful Burger, um, and he says, "You're not you're perfect for it. You're not too attractive, not too intelligent, and a little bit dysfunctional." And um, <laughs> and and they want to do it, but Darwin actually not Darwin Gumball actually talks them out of it um, because he has all these principles, and and they decide not to do it. Um, but then after that, all their possessions are slowly taken away from them. Because they're trying to live up to um, Gumball's principles, right? right? Yeah. Which are sort of childlike and naive. And so that's, I think that's one of the points the show wants to make. Yes, Nora. So as mom was saying, when it does, when he's trying to get them not to do the commercial and sell out, I like, um, like he, he, uh, he like fake. He holds up the clipboard and then he pretends he has a lighter and burns it. Yes. yes, he fake burns the uh, the contract that it's being offered. Right, um, very true, um, very very ironic. And so, uh, and they get home and all their stuff gets taken, and there's a um, a, a moment where they sort of panic when they realize they have no more possessions. And by the end of the episode, and these are only 11-minute episodes, uh, by the end of the episode, they decide to uh, go ahead and and d- betray their principles and head to Joyful Burger to film the commercial, to sign the contract to film the commercial. But along the way, they, they immediately begin losing all of their identity. Like Darwin, um, at first, um, all the color drains from his animated body, right? And then Anais, the sister, her... Um, um, uh, image becomes glitchy and whatnot. And then there's all these breakdowns of the physical world that they actually live in. So they're actually, the representation on the screen just breaks down, right? Um, um, my One of my favorite parts of when they reduce like to like um, kind of less like sophisticated animations is when they like go down to the storyboard and then they're going through the storyboard. I thought that was really interesting and a really creative way of putting that into perspective. Yeah, there's like a break of the fourth wall there, right? And so, yeah, they actually, we see that this is a cartoon being produced and even the production of the cartoon is breaking down because this family has no more money and can no longer exist in society, right? Go ahead, Nora. I'm going to read some of my notes. Okay. Yes, my, my children prep for my show much more than I ever do. They have copious amounts of notes. Um, keep so, going, Nora. Um, so, like, the world turns into almost a comic book, and it's, like, purposely glitching, and I think that's funny. Mm-hmm. And I don't... Um, and I think it's cool how they made it, like... Gumball's color drain and they become like drawn mm-hmm. figures. And at one point they're on like sticky notes. Um, and, yeah, that, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. It is very neat, isn't it? The way that they represent this um, uh, in the cartoon. So it's funny, but it's also kind of weird and scary and unnerving, isn't it? Go ahead, Ella. Um, it's when they reduced to like the sticky notes, like the first doodles and like first thoughts of the characters. I thought it was kind of like reduction of their value that was before they were like a tv show so they before they had any like worth and like they didn't make any money off of it and i thought that was kind of an analogy like of what was happening in the tv show as well yeah a very kind of like, meta thing yeah at the end of the episode yeah 
Ella, Nora, excuse me. Sorry, I do this all the time. Ella and Nora. Nora. Um, one of the things, I feel like when it, I have two things to say. I feel like when it was, like, turning into the, the things that are animated and just drawn, mm-hmm. I feel like it was when they didn't animate it yet, but it was just drawing of it. And I like how... When they all sign the contract, except for Gumball, they hand the pen to Gumball as, like, a regular pen. And then he gets it, and it's drawn onto his sticky note. And then he sets it down on the contract, and it's that it's regular again. I think that's funny. And it's meaningful, right? Yes. Um, it's, it's like the contract is what gives you life. Like, the corporate um, industry is what gives you meaning in life. Like... Without money, you're nothing. Your whole world falls apart. Is some of the quotes that Gumball in his little phase, as the parents are going through it, is saying, and that was a very like like subtle analogy to that. Absolutely right. Um, um, that's told through like a visual symbol, right? And so, yeah, very cool. Did you want to add anything to this, Kim? Well, I was just gonna say that, you know, so kind of the sequences that they they're themselves and then they say you know we're still the watersons and then they go through this whole whole process where they you know they disappear and you you just kind of have to watch it um the girls have done a really good job of describing it and then as they get close to the restaurant they they reappear um and i think darwin might appear not darwin gumball might appear for a second and then he decides not to sign the contract so he's just like a stick figure on a post-it note um and like Nora described there's a pen there too that's also drawn um, and then he says something along the lines of, um, um, you can have all the money in the world and you still couldn't afford the water sins. And then Larry whispers, the cashier whispers how much they would pay for the commercial. And then the next thing they cut to is they're filming the commercial at the end. And then the, at the end of the show, um, it says, um, at the end of the show, it ends with the commercial and the last words are, um, I think it's Anna East comes in. She says, finally, a place I can call home. Thank you, Joyful Burger. Um, and and it, I think, like, the implications of that are are very strong that, you know, like, you, you find joy and happiness through this through this fast food place, right? Yes. Um, yes. And so now we have both of the girls. Yeah, they're very animated right now. <laughs> Go ahead, Nora. Uh, Nora. Um, so first, I want to correct you. It, it wasn't. It wasn't Anais that said it was Darwin. Okay. But um, also, at near like when only their stuff got taken and not their house or anything. I like how Gumball, he's like imagining things and that stuff becomes true, and he's like singing a song about it. And they use that of abuse and try to kick, like, beat him up with that. Yeah, that's a, a moment before they actually make their, before they start breaking down when they first have no possessions. Darwin wants to imaginate the world. There's a Gumball. song. Yeah. Um, oh, did I say oh Darwin goodness. again? Both of you. <laughs> Gumball. Uh, the main character, Gumball, wants to uh, kind of cheer everybody up by saying, well, we, they can't take our imaginations. And then he comes up with this really clever song. The show very often has very clever um, musical interludes. And, and this song is really funny where he imagines all these happy things and his body actually does them. And they start imagining violent things happening to him because they're so angry about having no money. And so... He literally gets run over by an invisible bus, for example. Um, Ella? Um, it was kind of like he was trying to see
see the light in the situation, but his, because, of, like, the rest of the family, like, they didn't see the point of not having any money, so they, they kind of refused to see it, so they, like, in the song, like, they were imagining him getting hit by a bus, imagining him getting, like, sawed in half or something, and, like, the, it was kind of, like, a, the refusal, it was, like, you need money to survive in this world, and, it, like, it, that's just how life works, and that was, like, the song was trying to, like, once again, like, subtly, like, add on to that, um, kind of, it, it's kind of the elephant in the room that no one talks about, that you need money to survive. Yeah, and, and they're sort of experiencing this in a very real way. Yeah. Nora? So, um, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea to think of that in the world, and <laughs> there's another episode oh, about yeah. it that... There's this robot taking over the world and like ruining it to get, and they he removes all their money, and it shows you a picture of the world and it's moving, and then it just like suddenly stops, like a door slamming, <laughs> and and they one of the people say, without money the world the world the the world go the many way world go round. <laughs> And I like that because it's not how you should think of the world going around or money or anything. Money shouldn't be that important to us, right, yeah. Ella? On a semi-unrelated note, in that same episode, um, like the robot was trying to like eliminate the bad things on Earth, and he calculated through like his little robot, um, like computer that humans were the problem and he said that he couldn't um like eliminate viruses either because he was supposed to protect the entire world and he like saw humans as a virus so like bef- like the only re- reason that they were saved from his like um like catastrophe um was because they were a virus because humans are the be- problem in the world like without humans like other things would thrive. Like, but at the same time, we make things thrive. It's kind of the circle of life. Yes, a virus though we may be, we are still vital life on the earth. And so he couldn't eliminate us in the end. And this is a different episode than one we're talking yes, about. Yeah. But there, this is a common theme in this show, right? And so, yeah, they, they definitely dwell on these, the role that the economy plays in our uh, in our lives. Yeah. Kim, did you want? Um, well, and that's an episode that when we started talking about this that Nora brought up, that had a related theme. So this is our nine-year-old. Um, I also, I wanted to point out that we've been watching this other show as a family called The Kindness Diaries. And um, basically there's this guy from, I think he's from California, and he decides that he wants to ride his motorcycle around the world. And and he doesn't take any money with him. He does it completely on the kindness of others, of strangers. And so he relies on other people for gasoline and for um, to stay with them. So he just like will drive to a place and say, you know, I don't have any money. I need food. I need gas. I need a place to stay. Um, and it's, it's kind of a beautiful show because... Um, you know, you get to see the kindness of people. And I mean, there have been, there were a couple times when he has to sleep by him, you know, in his motorcycle because he can't find anybody that will let him, let a complete stranger stay in their house. Um, but, but one particular, um, episode I want to talk about is where he's in India and he meets this 
guy who's a, I would call it a taxi, but it's, they call it a rickshaw. It's like a, a little taxi. It's like a motorized kind of smart car almost. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, like tiny, a tiny, little tiny taxi. Yeah. And um, he meets this guy and the guy drives him around and shows him around um, this, this town in India, which I can't remember the name of. Mm, I um, can't remember either. And he, um, he gets to know this guy and, um, and, and the guy says to him, um, that he rents his, um, he rents the taxi from like a company and he, um, you know, pays so much money in gas and everything. And he says, you know, I'm nothing without, without money. And I think it's interesting because if you contrast it to the, the gumball, you know, the amazing world of gumball, which, you know, seems to take place in America, um, you know, in the end they lose all of their stuff in this episode, but then, you know, it comes back and they have their everything in the next episode. Um, even in America when everything is probably repossessed and, and things like that, most of the time people end up back on their feet. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but a lot of times it does. Um, this man in India, if he didn't have the money, you know, he talks about how if he doesn't get enough drivers in one day and things like that, he loses everything. Like he loses his shelter. He loses his, his, you know, they don't eat. everything. Yeah. They don't eat. They don't have a place to live and things like that. And it, I just think it, I just wanted to show that contrast. So. Yeah. That was, that's a show that's very kind of like, it, it's very cute and inspiring and very kind of real and beautiful scenery, by the way, that the tours he takes through the world are, are amazing. But um, that's a particular, like very tragic version of the same story about how we are invisible and um, basically non-existent without money in our system and the system of capitalism. And and so this show is a much more, this ep- gumball episode we're talking about is a much more sort of lighthearted take on the same situation. I think you're totally right to see that gumball is making a, a similar sort of point. Let me go with Nora first and then Ella. I have a couple of things to say about the other show mom was talking um, the first thing I want the kindness to say, diaries yeah. is what it's called. The first thing I want to say is there is this family. It it's like a school kind of with kids, and they're drinking unsafe water, and I I just don't know. It's an orphanage. Yeah. And so there's a bunch of kids there, and they have unsafe, unclean water. Yeah. And another place. If he was like anywhere was kind, he could go anywhere. Mm. But there was this guy. He um, and he walks up to him and say, "Can I stay in your house for the night?" And this guy's homeless, so he said, "Actually, I don't have a home." But he brings him to the little place that he's like staying. Yeah. And I find it really sweet that even though he doesn't have a house, he lets him into that little alley. And. Yeah, and that was in Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I I suggested that maybe we do an episode, a family episode about that around Christmas. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll have a follow-up to this. This is going quite well, I think. So I think, uh, yeah. Um, Ella. Um, I kind of want to revert back to um, the money, the Amazing World of Gumball, um, for a minute. Um, towards the beginning of the episode, when they have just lost all their money and before everything gets repossessed, they don't pay the electric bill because they don't have any money. Um, and... And so the lights go out, and I saw this. I think I'm overthinking it, but um, not on this show. <laughs> <laughs> when the lights go out, um, like the lack of light kind of reminds me of like the lack of inspiration and determination they have after declaring bankruptcy, because that's 
that's happened in a lot of bankruptcy cases. But um, this, like, I feel like, because when the lights go out, they're wandering, they can't see anything, like, because it's dark, so they're just wandering, and they end up sleeping on the roof instead of in their beds. Like, because, like, Gumball has always had this kind of habit of adding humor to darkness, because um, chaotic humor. Um, and, but I think that, it's like a really like dark analogy at the but at the same time it's like a really meaningful one because it's like having no direction in the face of like being broke like cuz you like when you have money there's only going up but to go up you have to have that determination and it i thought that like the like mindless wandering was kind of like having no determination yeah absolutely right um nora so i was going to write this down but i decided that's okay. But in this, he find, the dad finds a, a dollar in the glove department, and a whole bunch of stuff happens, but he gets $100, was it? Yeah, he gets $100 for selling their car. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the mom and Gumball slap their faces like that. And then since the dad's... Mm, Dumb. He, he, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he does that too, but he has the money holding out. In the spray paint bottle thing, he takes the money, but now they're not poor, so they can't take the money. And I find that sad because they can't take the money if they're not poor mm-hmm. because it's not good. Cause, yeah. yeah, Ella. Just for clarity, the spray paint bottle is another um, like imagination human thing. He, like It's obviously a human, but it's a spray yeah. It's a spray can. There's a character there. Yeah. yeah, and that's interesting because you're sort of always in debt to society. Even when you have nothing, you're very you you have an obligation to fulfill. All you have left is this last hundred dollars, and even then the system has to take it away from you until you are completely drained out, right? And and you have nothing left. And so that's I think I mean it's a funny scene, but it's also I think making a statement about the control that our system holds over us. And, and I also uh, want, before I, both my kids are jump, chomping at the bit here, they're amazing. I, aren't my kids wonderful, everybody? Um, I would love some feedback about how wonderful my kids are if you want to <laughs> contact the show. Um, but the, uh, um, the other thing that uh, strikes me is that in the moment the movers are coming or the repo people are coming and taking their couch, the mom like really lambasts. She has this, tirade calling this one mover guy all these names right and 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 he looks like this big scary kind of monster troll person but then he sort of breaks down and cries because the mom always intimidates everybody because she's like at this like ninja quality to her as Nora said but um um and then he just says lady I'm just doing my job right and so you do have a sense in which even within the system there's like a antagonism in, started between different people who are both kind of subject. He doesn't want to be doing that either, but that's the job he has to do in order to not lose all of his stuff, right? And so they're both stuck in this system, and that system creates an unnatural animosity between two people who are both kind of subject to being um, oppressed and, and exploited by the system that they're that they're in. Um, Kim, do you want to jump in front of the girls? I just want to say one sentence before either of the girls talk. In in that sequence, both both characters, the mom and the the repossessor, transform. Mm. Um, the the mom goes from she you know she's kind of this housewife and she does this a lot. She transforms into this like monster character as she's talking to him, and then the the um, the 
the repo the, man. The repo man kind of looks scary, and then he kind of, I think, transforms as well, and you know, starts crying. So this just doing my job. Yeah. Speaking of repo man, if anybody listening wants to do an episode about that old movie, I would love. I'd be up for it. Contact the show, Nora. I have like one or two things to say. Okay. I notice sometimes I do these jail scenes of the people in jail. In other episodes. Yeah. Okay. And I noticed how. Most of the people who are taking all this stuff were the people from the jail. And I like how oh. when the person's trying to take her TV, um, the mom says, that TV's broken. And the guy says, is it? And then she kicks the TV and says, is, it is now. <laughs> and, um, and I like how she transforms in, like... I know she already said this, but she transforms into this big monster thing. <laughs> But, um, I noticed that the guy, when, uh, the person, the mom keeps saying all these weird stuff, the guy drops the thing and he's like, <laughs> and then he just starts crying <laughs> and runs away and so. And, and I didn't know that they were characters that were in other shows and they were, they were in jail in other shows. Those all things. of them are. Oh, interesting. In one of them, Larry was in jail. Interesting. There's something to be made there. Um, Ella, you've been very um, patient. I'm going to go back to, like, the thought of, like, corporate, like, handcuffs, kind of. Um, back when, right before, like, this is, bef- like, when Dumball, Gumball, um, Dumball, um, <laughs> when Gumball is all, like, um, at least we have our imaginations, um, but throughout that, like, they're talking about, like, how advertising can be subtle, and they start doing, like, these... Um, quote unquote subtle um like product placement in yeah the, yeah basically but yeah. um when the dad goes up to do it he is like um he has duct tape over his mouth that's branded with the joyful burger logo and he's decked out head to toe with like the joyful burger gear and i think that's like corporate entrapment um because like because he says with the duct tape over his mouth um, just because you have their money doesn't mean you're a corporate puppet with no voice of your own, but he's duct taped with, like, and he's, it's kind of like, like, once again, they're trying to make it sound funny, but it's like, they're... It's very serious Yes, it's topic. very serious, yeah. yeah. And that's what Ella, those words that the, Ella just said, the dad said, are, are, um subtitles on the screen yeah so. yeah so yeah he says you still have a voice of your own when he literally doesn't in that yeah. moment yeah yeah and he's sort of decked out like a nascar driver sort of in that moment yeah. with ads all over him yeah that scene actually is a very brilliant scene they um you know it was after the whole imaginate scene and then it um i think anais and Nora will correct me here if i'm wrong <laughs> um First says, you know, advertising can be subtle. And then she has a Joyful Burger drink. And then there's another... Um, okay. And then um, there's something about, you know, um, the mom says, we could do it in a different language. Nobody will know. And then they, they do Joyful Burger um, in, in Japanese. And then the dad is decked out. And so it's, they, they throw in these subtle advertising um, you know, in this in this very quick scene that must take fifteen or twenty seconds, and and they're making fun of it. I mean, it's just a very yeah. very brilliant scene. Ella? It's a brilliant show. Like they do this for every episode, every scene. They make it go so smoothly. Like they go from joke to joke, but they always find room for those like deep, like thoughtful philosophical questions and like like 
it just so it's brilliant like you it's a directed to kids but it like like my mom said it's kind of wasted on kids like there's <laughs> there's there's very deep meanings to this no, show i don't think it's wasted i think it's yes, implanting it's, yes, um yeah. it, a very it, useful perspectives on the world at a very young age and uh and and it's fun at the same time i i as you guys are talking though um, I want to, um, well, I'm getting a note from Nora. May I talk, please? So I, I will I will cede the floor to Nora. Nora, go ahead. What, what would you like to say? So, you know, the Imaginate song. Yes. I was wondering if you could play that song for us so they get the idea of, like, what's it about. Um, give me a minute and I'll try and cue that up. I was okay. not prepared for this. Ella, do you okay. have something to say while I'm looking? I have some notes. Okay. I'm more prepared with my father. Yes, um, always. Yeah. Um, no one isn't. Real quick, so. I just want to say that maybe we can take a picture of the kids' notes and post them on the website. Yes. There's a lot of grammatical errors. I did these quickly, so maybe we shouldn't. Okay. Well, they're beautiful nonetheless. Okay, so I don't know if we should go back to, like, the intro and kind of, like, go along the storyline, but, like, um, okay, they, like I said, they always go, like, they consistently add, like, the doses of comedy and, like, kind of deeper meanings throughout the entire show, but, um, there's, want to go, like, Nora, do you have any examples that might be from other episodes of, like, adding, like, dark humor? Like, you like that episode, The Uncle? Oh, yeah! That one has, like, a funny song in oh, well, it. <laughs> that's not exactly what I meant, but you okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know what you mean. That's okay. Tell us about the funny song. Oh, um, the, you mean the, where this guy bumps into this guy named Ocho? And Ocho's really on self-control. He doesn't have any self-control. And so... This is not what I meant, but it's okay. That's okay. <laughs> and so this dark music comes on, and Ocho chases this guy through the halls, until he gets to this corner where he can't get out, and then he gets beat up. That that part's dark, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's really cute, like the innocent darkness, like when Nora thinks it's dark. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I may have found the song. So this is in the moment of, you know, Gumball trying to, who has the ideals that are keeping it's, them poor, yeah. right? And he's trying to replace the world of the economic with the world of the imagination, right? And so he comes up with this little number, and I don't know if I have it queued up exactly right. I'm just going by visuals here, but we'll try and you'll get it. You'll get a taste of it before I start. Ella has um, something to say. This this number is kind of like they always come up with like different like genres, but this one is kind of like a musical theater, but it's like a comedy musical theater. So if you ever listen to like some of the more funny ones, this yeah. is kind of like that. This is almost like something out of the Music Man or something like that. And Nora, yeah. I'm getting the "May I Talk Please" sign. <laughs> thing I want to say before you start this is I think the main idea of this episode is you shouldn't take the world and your money for granted and use it all until it's all gone. Well, there's, just pretend that that's going to happen. When this is a very good point. I mean, if uh, the father had just been more responsible with their money, their life would have been you know relatively fine, right? Um, but, uh, but because he wasn't, it shows you the perhaps oversized role that money plays in our lives here so which is why i do the show for free by the way so um let me here we go so okay what about our imaginations can they take that <sighs> then what's to stop us sitting in our imaginary sofa or drinking an imaginary soda can you taste it it's sweeter than the most expensive polar just imagine along with me and I'll imagine with you. Imagine the things you want and we'll imagine them true. Just imagine a private jet that comes with its very own private crew. 
Okay. If we're not careful, we're going to watch the whole show here. So, um, And so that's a good example of uh, Darwin trying to overcome the, uh, the role. Uh, you're right. Thank <laughs> what you. What is wrong with you guys? <laughs> I call you guys by the wrong name all yeah. the time, too. So um, it shouldn't be surprised that these inanimate objects are. Yes. Um, Nora, what would you like to so, say? Um, I see in this, they're all mad, like, darn, like, every part. Because they're all mad at Gumball for no reason when it's... When it's the dad's fault that they're poor, well, because they threw he threw his money into the ocean, so it's his fault, not not Gumball. They're mad mad at Gumball for trying to be optimistic in a moment like this, yeah, right? Yeah, but he didn't want yeah. them to sell out. Right. But it's basically it's the dad and Gumball's fault, but yes. mostly dad's fault. The dad for being irresponsible and, and Gumballs Gumball for having for principles. To save them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of something that's like kind of modern. Like people, I'm not gonna say that like you kind of like. Like, adults, like, listen to children, but they don't really take us seriously, and that's kind of what's going on in this one, because Anais is mostly, is more adult than her dad. Yes. Anais is two years old, and Four she... Four years old. Okay, whatever. I don't... <laughs> it's been a long time. In season one, she was two, but she's four years old now, and she's, like, smarter than she, her dad, and, like, all like all of the adults, like, all of them, even her dad, but, like, the dad kind of looks like he's imitating it, but, like, it's kind of like they're looking down on his, like optimistic ideals at this like like you can't be you can be optimistic whenever you feel like it but people aren't always going to be really happy with your like yeah Yeah. the family dynamic incidentally is a little bit maps onto the simpsons anais is very much a maggie or a um what's the the good sister (laughs) shoot bart and uh oh i forget bart's sister not maggie the other one um lisa she's very much a lisa simpson type um who's brainier beyond her years and that sort of thing although gumball is not like bart at all um i think nora wants to say something yes i wonder how (laughs) i made up a thing uh stop and think question okay um Wonder, wonder, what is this, is this, wonder, what is this, is this necessary to remember? Is money the real source of life? Yes, no, maybe so. Um, So are you, are you using a stop and think moment like you learn in school in reading class? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you came up with your own. That's very, very cool, Nora. I'm very proud of you um, as an English teacher. And so, yeah. Um, Um, I, I, mommy, I think Kim, you want to say something, um, in, in a little bit, but I want to, um, I want to go to the end. So after they do make the decision to take the money and do the commercial, we never see them embodied in this episode again in the way they were. Right. So what happens is Darwin signs his name and immediately cuts Gumball. Gumball my signs goodness. his name. Oh my goodness, this is terrible. Um, Gumball immediately signs his name, and and as soon as that happens, we jump right into the commercial that they're filmed, that they filmed, which is very cheesy, and they play these really like, stereotypical like white trash characters or something like that. And um, and so it's to me that's very interesting. We'll let Ella go first here, Nora, and then um, and then maybe mommy, and then you, and then um, the um, uh, but. It, to me, so when he does sign his name, they don't get their real life back by taking the money, right? What they do is they get completely co-opted into the system um, and they just become voiceless and like representatives of that system in that in that case. And I think that's a really profound little moment. Ella. 
in the beginning of the episode, um, well, towards the beginning, like five minutes in, Gumball says, we're not going to let ourselves be reduced to cliche for the quick corporate buck. And, um, but then as soon as he signs it, as soon as he sees the money, like, he's, like, compelled to sign it. And as soon as he signs it, it goes into this, um, like, into the commercial, like my dad says. But, um, as, like, it's kind of, the, the writers are really poking fun at, like, monopolies, like, really large, like, manipulative monopolies in this episode. But they're also kind of poking fun at the commercial industry in this, in the commercial. Because, like, especially since the show is really 80s, um, like, all the outfits are really 80s, the voice acting's really bad. And, like, it's just, it's such an interesting, like, way to do things. Like, mm-hmm. they always find such genius ways of making things so, like, simple and, like, funny. And, like, it's just so great. Absolutely. Um, Mommy, did you want to say something? Um, no. You want to pass it on to Nora? Yeah. Nora. Okay, sometimes I like to imagine of my shows little clips, like for Gumball, Adventure Time, The Croods, all my shows I do that for the for the little clips in my favorite little episodes. So I made a clip of that episode. I do a, what Ella said. I we shouldn't sell out for all of for for money, and then he symbolically burned it, mm-hmm. and then. In my head, I skipped right towards the end where Larry says, uh-huh, this is where he pays. This is what they're paying. And gives it the money. And he's like, and then the commercial starts. But um, the commercials is really 80, 80s themed. It's like, <laughs> and But they have the same names. And Anais is still as much as nerdy as she was before and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they're, but they're kind of exaggerated versions of themselves in in yeah. that kind of look like TV characters more than real people. But um Gumball Doc and Ice and the dad are all being them. Yeah. But at this one point when the mom says, But why? She like looks at the camera and does a really <laughs> long pause. But the dad is still dumb, mm-hmm. and Ice is still nerdy, mm-hmm. and, and Gumball's still getting F's in class. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, Ella, are you trying to say something? I think my mom has been trying to say something for like okay, five minutes. Um, um, okay, so after like believe, when, believe me, we're used to this. So <laughs> when their animatic quality starts with like going to this like really quick like fast-paced reduction um like after they sign the contract their lifestyle like kind of goes down in quality too because like you can like even though like it's in the commercial um like everything is kind of like in a dramatic like dramatic personalities that are like still them but like really like not them at the same time um but like like, at the end of every episode, everything goes back to normal. There's this running joke in a couple of the episodes that, like, the, as soon as the conflict, um, as soon as the conflict, like, has been, like, sometimes the conflict hasn't even been resolved and the episode ends. But, and that's kind of what happened in this one because now you're stuck in this kind of, like, corporate loophole. Like, it's kind of like a corporate, um, like, a maze, kind of. Like, you can't get out of it. Like, once you, it's like, this is, like, right now, like, we're in a cobra maze, like everyone is. Like you can't help it unless you're like you have no money and you're hiding from the system, like Creed from the Office. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, I think you can stay out of debt, and and then you're not, you know. That I mean, that's that's true, right? But there's still a way in which um, that's a way to 
to manage being in the system responsibly, right? True. That's different mm-hmm. than being outside the system. That's true. And so, like, we've talked about this before. Wouldn't it be nice just to go off the grid and, and all that? But you still have to pay property taxes and mm-hmm. things like that. And right? buy a camper and live in a camper. Yeah. But and you so, still have to pay the camper. Like, that's what you're saying. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So There's, there's always going to be taxes. Yeah, unless you want to join the Bruderhof, our friends over there at the Bruderhof, I suppose. Yeah. That's the only way we can find out. We, we uh, By the way, our whole family went to visit the Bruderhof one day. It was a lovely day. So. Okay. Speaking of the system. Yes. Um, I think that there are, we talked before about the, the guy who's repossessing possessing the furniture and how he's a part of the system. Um, and, and we want to try to make him out as, you know, somebody bad. But then we talk about, you know, how he's a part of the system. What other, you know, characters do you guys think are part of the system? Like what, in, in, in Gumball, what other characters are part of the system mm. um, do you think? Okay, Larry. Larry is the only person that works in this entire town. Like, there's obviously other people that work. He's the guy at the fast food counter. Larry is this box. He's a box, which is also kind of like a corporate, like, thing. Like, he's a box. He's the mailman. He's the waiter. He's, like, he's fast food services. He does everything in town. Like, some of, like, the high-quality, like... Like, some of, like, the work pe- working, like, like businessmen, like, they have jobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Larry does all of, like, the stuff that nobody else wants to do, and he always gets kind of, like, crapped on for that. Yeah. The, like, service jobs? Yes. Like, he does all yeah. the service jobs. Like, he, he, like, and, like, there's one episode called The Laziness or something. I don't, I think it's called The, the pizza, Laziness. The pizza. The pizza. Wow, she knows. Okay. That's <laughs> a whole world. It's kind of obsessive. <laughs> um, but, um, the... Like, and he's the mailbox. He is the service. Like, I feel like Larry, that he's the service. And I think he is, like, really trapped in the, the, that corporate, like, loophole, like, the corporate, like, maze. He is the corporate maze. He's like, an underclass yes, all to yes, himself. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and let me point this out. Um, I, I haven't seen a lot of these episodes, but I've seen a couple of them. And I did notice that I thought it was the same character. And so I'm glad that Ella backed me up on that. But his he has a body, but his head is... A box. I wasn't sure if it was a box or a paper bag or it's whatever. But rock. Nora Ooh. thinks it's rock. But I'm pretty sure it's either a box <laughs> or a paper bag. Um, and, and, and I just think that speaks volumes. Yeah. I think yes, that, yeah. You know, so he's reduced to... He's an the empty thing, container. Yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the things that he sells or, you know, whatever. So If he does turn out to be a box and he, the end of, like, I think that is a very, like, like, that's really compels me to think that he's, like, meant to be, like, just that one, like, empty box that's, like, like, he does all the jobs. He does, he basically runs the town. Like, in a, lots of episodes, like, there's, like, five, six seasons of this. In lots of the episodes, he like when he decides not to do his job anymore because he's feeling underappreciated and like like he's not getting what he deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like the world goes into like kind of this like de- like really systematic downfall. Mm-hmm. Like like the world will end. So, like one episode, like it goes back to like this rebellion and like okay that let's not go into so many so different episodes. There's like hundreds of different episodes. So but. yeah, he's sort of uh, the. The guy trying to, uh, he's working for the people who own the quote unquote means of production, as it were, right? Yes, and so, yes. yeah, and uh, and therefore when he does this, what you're describing is kind of almost like a wildcat strike. He's just, uh, the whole world shuts down and uh, and that's very interesting. Um, Nora. May I talk, please? <laughs> I have, I have, I have dose things to say. Two. Dose. Two, two. <laughs> um, my first thing. 
Um, like I feel like everyone has to stick to their part in life, what they what they do. When the dad, he's all lazy, he doesn't have a job. When he gets a job, the whole world falls apart. And I know Larry's a rock because they all become the true selves of them. Gumball and the mom become blue, tiny blue cats. Darwin and, and Anais become, Darwin becomes a fish. And Anais becomes a rabbit. Mm-hmm. And Larry, they kidnapped Larry and brought him in there. Um, and he became a rock. Oh. And my second thing is another another stop and think. <laughs> yes. Why do you think we did this? To show you that there's more stuff than money or things like that? Maybe we did it. Because the world won't end. <laughs> this is actually a really good segue into where I want to go in the end. Um, but keep going, Nora. And in the episode, the pizza, they're all they have the worst days, and they all they were when they were having their worst days, they were taking it out on Larry mm-hmm. because he works everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like the mom, for example, yelled, it grew it grew big monster like and yelled at Larry um, because her car broke down and then when he quits literally the moment after he quits the whole world becomes like a savage evil like the end of the world and at the end they finally get to respect him but they get they still not respecting him enough to be respected in the end. Interesting. To act like he's actually alive. Interesting. Ellie, you can go now. No, it's okay. Daddy wants to wrap it up. No, no, no. I, I just want to, I think that, that stop and think that Nora just gave us about what this is trying to tell us is actually really appropriate as we approach the holidays here. Um, and so, um, Mommy, did you want to say something? Um, I just wanted to make sure that Ella had gotten through her notes before we wrapped it up. Yeah, I don't will. think it's going to happen. This is going to be like another like twenty. Yeah, we, I will. So um, we have the Facebook page, everybody, at uh, on for the Sectarian Review podcast. I highly recommend you go to the Facebook page. I want to take a picture of uh, of the notes that the girls have here and uh, and post those pictures up on the Facebook page. It's uh, you'll be quite impressed. Can I fix my spelling errors? No. <laughs> Okay, I well, never do. Ignore my spelling errors. <laughs> um, but when Nora said that everyone has to stick to their part, yeah. I think that like because they're like specifically imagined like like specifically imagined characters, like and then they are giving they're given jobs and roles in life that are like are kind of chosen according to like who like what they look like. Because um the Larry the box or the rock like Nora thinks um is the like the like lower class worker that does everything is it is underappreciated like the like the lower class workers in like t- today's world mm-hmm. um like this one cloud businessman who's really high up I noticed like he's high up in like the high into like the class and he's like really high class but he and he's a cloud and he is a businessman he's like one of the highest businessmen like you, like you had to go to him to get things done like he can kick you out of the town get you fired and like the jail people are like really ruggedy like monster deformed characters and like the spray can has a crack in him like and he's in jail so all the jail people are all cracked and deformed and like need obviously need a little bit of help and i think that it's like a really interesting way like they've 
I think, like, the animators, like, the original creators of the show did that, like, when they jotted down the ideas. I think they might have done that on purpose, because that's, I think that's, like, a pretty, like, it's, it's, once again, it's really subtle. There's a lot of subtle things in this, like, just this entire show. Like, mostly, in a lot of Cartoon Network shows, there's a lot of, Mm -hmm. like, subtle little key-ins to, like, how life is in real life. Yeah, no, that's, and so, yeah, if anybody's out there in a, uh, a pop culture program that needs a dissertation. I think uh, analyzing the symbolic representations of the characters of the gumball might be, they might be there for you. Nora. I'm going to interrupt him and say another stop and think. Okay. Like for Ella, like Ella said, is the world just a dream or an imagination and never real in the first place? Okay. Yeah, well, that's... Well, and that's a good segue. One thing, so I wanted to, one, I basically only had one thing I wanted to come in here and say. Um, I've been recently in my detective fiction class, a couple of topics have come up, and this episode really caught the essence of both of those topics in really interesting ways. One of which we've been talking on and on about the economy here. And so in, uh, in Chester Himes' book, Rage in Harlem, we read recently, there's this, um, um, way in which everybody is reduced to uh, money money value to everybody else. They lose all value as full human beings and only become worth a certain amount of money to everybody else. And we, um, I brought up the idea of commodity fetishism um, from Marx to sort of explain a little bit of what's going on in the economic world of Harlem in that book. Um, and so that's clearly going on in this episode as well like these people when they have no more money they literally cease to exist in the world and so they have no more um value to the to the community anymore <clears throat> and also we read uh, city of glass by paul ouster and in that book it, it's very postmodern. and so the, that moment at the end where they lose form and the fourth wall breaks and and we see that they are really just cartoon characters in production that is a really good example of postmodernism as well so i actually gave this episode to or you know suggested my students <laughs> my upper level literature students watch this episode if they wanted a uh, a better understanding of those two really interesting concepts ella um Okay, we're really, like, we're supposed to, like, make it, like, a conversation. Like, like my dad got, like, into this really big, like, rant about how it needs to be a conversation. But, like, I have something really, like, shower thoughts to say. What do you mean rant? I, rant. <laughs> <laughs> I gave them production advice, and it's a rant all of a sudden. Go ahead. Um. But, um... There's this one really fat person, like, I don't know, like, it's an unnamed character, but, like, they're really fat, and they're often like seen, like, Ron Berry, yes, okay. yes, but they're, every single time they're on, seen on screen, they're always in jogging clothes, and they're always running, mm. and I think that it's weird, because, like, like, everything else kind of fits, and maybe that does fit, because, like, they're trying to reach that goal of being, like, like skinny, like, it's kind of, like, reaching goals, like, this entire, like, all of the characters, like, they all have this, like, one goal that, like, but sometimes it's hard to reach, but throughout the, all of the seasons, they have not gotten skinnier, I think they've gotten fatter, actually, and I think it's kind of interesting, because, um... Like, it's, it's just, like, a really weird, like, shower thought that I just randomly had while thinking of something else to say. <laughs> shower thoughts. A new segment here on Sectarian Review. Yes. Um, uh, Nora. I want to acknowledge what Ella said. Okay. The person, the, the fat person, he was running and texting, and Gumbo and Dar run around, and he gets stuck in this open manhole, and that's... 
Yeah. And I have stop and think. Okay. Okay. A new segment. Did you ever right. did you ever notice how the background pictures the background is pictures and of real places or houses and the characters are cartoon and fake people? I, I did notice that. And actually that's another that's another style that gets used in postmodern art. It's called pastiche. You take um, styles and mash them together. And, and Gumball definitely does that. There's photography. There's different animation styles um, jammed all together. It's got this very um, patched together sort of look. And I think it's also, you said your last stop and think was about the dreamlike quality of life. Yeah, and I think that this is something to do here um, with postmodernism. Yes. I think that it's fun how they took real life and they combined it with this animal life cartoonish and made it just like this fun anime-ish different kind (laughs) of world and um let I think it's unique what they do with editing in this Mm -hmm. for the characters like a fish in a pink, a blue, a blue cat and a pink bunny met somewhere. Yes. And then they had a blue cat kid and then a pink rabbit kid. And then they adopted a goldfish out of yes. nowhere and it became a person. It's chaotic humor, as Ella said, right? Yes. Um, um, mommy. Bef- before we wrap up, I was wondering if Ella had anything left from her notes that she wanted to add. I bet, like, Daddy up. said something that he'd, like, ride into what I was going to say next. And Mom was like, I can, let me, let, okay. <laughs> um, but, okay, so I remember I was thinking back to something I heard on in a podcast I was listening to when I was, like, 9 or 10. And um, it, like, how every, like, each minute of screen, like, screen time, like, takes up one page of script, so they have to fit all of this action into 12 pages. So, like, that's 12 pages, because it's a 12-minute episode of just, like, you have to think. Like, I'm trying to think, like, they're very, must be very creative, like. Yeah. Um, like, like, the imagination it takes, like, especially since they do it so smoothly. Like the, the discipline, yeah, right? When yes, you have that like, much, that small a space to have to do so much in, yeah. It's like me right now. Like, when you come up with, like, a new thing to say, you can't just, like, blurt it out. Yeah, uh, that's true. Um, I'm trying really hard. Yes. Well, then that's what happens to me every episode, guys. <laughs> I, As we're talking, I invent a million other things that I want to say and that I just never have time to. And it's one of the great things about this show, but it's also frustrating. Um, let's do short, sort of wrap this up, though. Um, Nora, I think, may have one more stop and think for us. Um, I'm almost done. Why, don't, why doesn't someone else say something they like while I finish this? Okay. Mommy, do you want to say something? Well, I've enjoyed um, this episode, and I just want to point out that at the beginning of the show, Dan called this weird, which I think might imply what he feels about our family. Um, (laughs) No, no, I think the format for a podcast to have all of your family squeezed into a little office and talking about a cartoon for an hour is that's what i mean by dan did take a selfie so um (laughs) hopefully he'll post that to the webpage hopefully you won't no i totally will well just for the record i'm recovering from being sick so So am i I probably look the worst who's not hey yes okay the the may i talk please (laughs) sign has gone up nora i um 
um, want to finish my last maybe one or two notes. Okay. And I also have a stop Last one. Think. This is your final final <laughs> note. Okay. Um, do you ever notice that the voices are different in every season, but then in one episode of one season, their voices go higher than before and then change the next episode? I did um, not know that. They changed voice actors twice. Oh. Um so like they, like they're always they've changed the voice actors but like and to do that like and try and make it kind of smooth they have to like change it towards the season mm. so like they make the like the original characters say it more high pitched like a little bit more until the end of the season and then they'll transition to the normal voice so it sounds more like in the next season. This is what you do in your room all day is um, investigate subtle facts about Gumball. Um. <laughs> so I have about yeah one or two notes left. Oh my goodness. Um, I think the idea for of the world falling apart when you are poor is not how you should think. I already said that one earlier. Let's um, keep it in mind, though. It's good. Money is not what you should depend on in life. Um, I think the speech gumball tells is very inspiring for kids for you know? mm-hmm. but it's also kind of strange <laughs> and there's um the plots change i want to notice this in one of the episode they um are getting in trouble they're remembering all these horrible memories that they did and then they get in trouble for it all and they redo it and then they're about to get attacked and then it ends but also in the first season, did you know, this is a stop and think, the last thing I'm going to say. Okay. Um, did you know, notice that they look young, they have really big eyes that look so cute, and they're tinier and shorter and cuter and they have different voices, but then it changes their looks and their sound of what they, how they talk every time, and all of their things depend they're all in the same places no no nothing new like the school library the school gym the school the the park yeah their house yeah. random outdoor the bus stop it's all the same stuff and everything okay. i'm gonna let ella talk now thank you um trying to go back to what you say so we can wrap this up a little bit um like she said like the amount of money you have kind of depends on like how you do in life and I, like one of the things that one of the characters kind of whispered a little bit like he mumbled it um I'm, it's not the exact wording so i apologize but um when your bank account goes down so does your meaning and your worth i don't remember when they said that i think it was towards like the middle like right after um all like they were doing going through all this like imagination and like like giving up hope kind of mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of just the meaning of like this entire episode like there's no there's lots of different meetings but this is like that was one of the most like prominent like standing out ones we've gone for almost over an hour here yeah. um to talk about up. one 11 minute episode so there's a lot <laughs> packed into it for sure yeah um um can you make it quick nora yes okay can't she <laughs> um well, uh, i forget what I- Ella, 
what were you talking about again? I forget what I was going to say, and I know it had something to do with what you said. When the amount of money in your bank account goes down, so does, so does your meaning and your worth in the world. Oh, yeah. uh, I remember now. It has nothing to do with what you said. But, um, oh, like, the meaningless glitches that they did on purpose. Mm-hmm. And, like, when they say, Rocky, we need to get to Joyful Burger to um do a commercial and get a load of money. And it's like, okay. And then he glitches, and the bus starts moving, and all of a sudden they're in the back of this bus. Mm-hmm. A school bus. And then I like how it flies randomly and then goes down. And, like, you can see Mr. Robinson, like, Roadhogs, like, really yeah. glitchy and stuff. They make it so glitchy and confusing. And I like the creative when they're still sticky notes. Mm-hmm. Um, when the mom points that way, but Joyful Borg goes over that way. Yeah. And her arm gets erased, and then it goes that way. And I think that's really creative how they did it. I'm done now. It's very detailed. You're right. Yes. Um, this one thing was at the beginning of my notes. It's literally two seconds. But um, Joyful Burger is kind of, I think my dad said kind of something like this. But Joyful Burger is like, don't, we're not sponsored, Burger King. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Like, it's not only like burgers, but any fast food corporation is kind of like with, like, it's supposed to be like you, ha- like, to have happiness, like, you need, like, these corporate industries. Like, it's corporate power is unstoppable because yeah. of all, like, their little tiny little branches that you're kind of always going to be connected to. I have clearly no influence over my children. Um, and so, yes, um, um, the um, one thing I do want to say, though, that's a great way to start thinking about the holidays. Uh, the day Thanksgiving has been encroached upon for years by Black Friday. People used to go to bed early on Thanksgiving so they could get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go shopping on Black Friday, and now that's encroached over Thanksgiving itself. And so people will leave the table at 2 or 3 in the afternoon uh, on Thanksgiving Day itself to go shopping, right, to take part in these market relations Mm -hmm. in which we just reduce ourselves to little price tags (laughs) and exchange, right? And so this is something um, this, I think, episode helps us keep in mind the difference between what true joy is and how it has nothing to do with money. Um, And Nora, I think you might close us out. Yeah, um, I feel like... The money depends on the world, but, like, the tiniest detail they think of this person, this random person, let's say this next-door neighbor, Gary Robinson, or whatever his name is, um, no, wait, that's not his name, I don't care. Mr. Robinson. No, not him, the guy with the antlers that they don't know the name of. I feel like he's, like, the... They thought, mailman, antlers, and then that's his whole personality, Mm -hmm. or... Like the the dad, he's dumb and lazy. He doesn't have a job. He's not really liking the idea of getting a job. And then when he gets a job as a pizza thing, because he thinks it's an order of a pizza, but it's a job, <coughs> he gets um the whole world falls falls apart each step he takes to each door for each pizza delivery. And I feel like it's a really creative way of thinking of the world, but it's also not how you should. Right. You, it, it's talking about how we're all, we should be stuck in our own little roles, right? And that's not a good thing to do. I have one more thing. Of course. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> we need to wrap this up. So, like, it has lots of laughs and strange chaos in it, but 
it some most of them have lessons and funny things. I'm done now. Okay, they do have lessons and funny things. I really hope you all enjoyed listening to my family talk about this wonderful show. Um, I think we're going to do this every now and then. Uh, we'll definitely try and do something about the Kindness Diaries around Christmas time. Kim, bye bye. <laughs> Kim, thank you so much for coming out with this idea. You were wonderful, and this is such a great show. And, on our kids special so um bye bye nora um okay that's enough bye <laughs> bye and remember, i can play the power is unstoppable <laughs> <laughs> okay that's enough it might be bedtime <laughs>